O God, who enlightens the hearts of your faithful by the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to be truly wise and live as your people. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Gospel text this morning is rather lengthy, which means the preacher spends half the week deciding which verses she Many places in scripture it's titled, The Woman at the Well. In short, Jesus is separated from his disciples when he comes upon a well with a woman with a long history of successfully getting men on her side or having failed relationships is obtaining water. About the only normal thing is the water that comes from the well. Everything else about the story is just a little weird. Everything is just a little bit out of the ordinary and it does not fit the norms. The Gospel of John is filled with irony and this encounter is no exception. Things are not what they appear. First, Jesus had to go from Judea to Galilee in verse four, passing through Samaria. He didn't actually have to go that way. I mean, there were other routes to get from Judea to Galilee, but the had to go spoke to something deeper, not about geographic location and the shortest route from here to there, but rather by taking this, this more direct route, it opened us up to the kingdom of God. We remember the gospel text from last week that God so loved the world. And in going through Samaria, the gospel begins to open up for the whole world. And this passage situated in a place where Jewish and non-Jewish cultures and bloodlines are together begins to open up the good news to all. This well, Jacob's well, can still be visited to today. With a reliable history of nearly 2,000 years, it is located on the outskirts of the Palestinian city now called Nablus. It is an awe-inspiring visit to the well. It still provides water, cool and sweet. It is protected by the Eastern Orthodox Church and Monastery. And if you are ever able to go to the Holy Land, no matter what it costs, it is well worth the sacrifice to stand around this well outside of an Israeli city where Jesus converses with a woman, not of pure Jewish line. It's nearly impossible to describe, and it gives me chills when I remember it, even to this day. It's a place where our faith springs to life, where you walk where the Savior once walked and spoke. The imagery of water connects us to the narrative of Nicodemus from last week. But this woman could not have been more different from Nicodemus. She's not even given a name. And she converses with Jesus in broad daylight. She was an outcast due to her ethnicity, her culture, her geographic location, her gender, and her life circumstances. While Nicodemus was wealthy and a prominent member of Jewish society, she lived on the outskirts. She had been made marginal. Her people knew what it was like to be considered second-class citizens, and she even more so. 
She is drawing water all by herself, an activity usually done with others for social and safety reasons. But she has no protector, no companion, no one with her. And while much has been read into the fact that she has five husbands, rather had five husbands, the one that she has now is not her husband, Jesus never condemns or even rebukes her for it. I think that's important to remember. He spoke to her as she was. I don't think of her as the woman at the well, even though our Bibles title it that way. It limits her. Rather, if I was ever someone who got to put the subtitles on scripture, this is what I would put for her. And it's long. Jesus and the ethnically diverse woman theologian. That gives, her, gives us a better picture of truly who she is in the story. She understood her theology with its religious taboos, the history, their common patriarch Jacob, the role of the prophet, the proper place to worship, the coming Messiah, and where it all conflicted with Jesus' people. She could converse with Jesus about it without any notes. That's pretty impressive. And there she meets Jesus. Jesus is tired. He asks for a drink, smashing through the taboos that should have prevented him from having a conversation with her or drinking water from her. But flipping the script in their discourse, Jesus offers her a drink in this desert land. But like Nicodemus, she gets caught up in the obvious. She looks at the literal surface problems without realizing the depth of grace in front of her. Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. I love how normal she is. She rapidly assesses the situation, reviews the options that she sees, recognizes they're insufficient to the task, and then verbalizes what she notices. But she doesn't stop there. She doesn't let the obvious prevent her from being curious about what might be possible that she doesn't yet know. She could have mocked Jesus. She could have labeled him as irrelevant. She could have stood rigidly in what she knew from the years of drawing water. But when she laid out the impossibilities, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. She held space for a spark of faith and the light of hope. She asked, where do we get that living water? Given the facts of the circumstances, Jesus, do you have resources that I don't know about? Jesus, is there more to you than I have experienced? What might I receive from you that is nourishing, refreshing, life-sustaining, and could change the future? What about our experiences with Jesus could change us in the context where each one of us are called? We can choose to see Jesus in a surface kind of way, and when we do, we will only see what is lacking. Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Jesus, we have a great deal of experience here, and you may have nothing to add. 
to us in this situation that we may face individually or as community. The well is deep and you have no bucket. But rather, if we choose to hold out for a spark of faith, if we get curious, if we start asking questions and leaning in to Jesus, what might we find differently? My prayer for me personally and for us as individuals and as a community is that we choose to experience Jesus more deeply with a curious heart and mind, that we give space for hope and for faith, that we recognize that Jesus knows much more than we do and that Jesus has resources we know nothing about and that Jesus is with us, talking to us, not condemning us for where we stand, but engaging us in the life ahead of us. He is there to refresh us with living water so we can share the good news of the love of God with the whole world. And in that way, may we keep a holy Lent.